my main man, uh, George Teague. And, George, hey, we appreciate you jumping on with us this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, man. It's good to be able to chat with you. And hopefully this rain will go on and get out of the way pretty quickly so we can get on with our normal football day. <laughs> and that's exactly what we've talked about all morning here is uh, hopefully and, and, and I like how you say normal football day because it's football <laughs> Friday night versus some of these guys that are having to play on Wednesday Tom Barfield my partner here he does the Waco Midway they had to play last night so certainly we'll, we'll we'll get into that in just a little bit trying to keep your team on a schedule with with what's going on and what you've got going on now at John Paul too you know George I was on your podcast recently and it was Really an honor to sit down with you and talk with you. I've, I've always admired you since, I mean, obviously coaching here and, and, and we worked together. And I remember, I mean, all the things that we did from the time that we came and really signed you and brought you in. Mike Zimmer was a big fan and our scouting department and everybody was bringing you in here. And, and, and obviously we brought you in here as a, as a quarterback in the secondary. We needed somebody at that time, at that stage, to get our secondary lined up. Obviously, we brought you in here, smart guy, knew how to get our secondary lined up, and, and, and you really fit like a glove when we brought you in here. Let me get to the real question, George. Have you ever seen a secondary and a Cowboys secondary that seems so out of sorts as you watch them play right now? No, sir, I have not. It is very disheartening. Um and it, it makes you wonder, you know, what's really, really going on. And you've mentioned some things where you're talking about, okay, um, you know, can it be a better quarterback in the secondary, meaning getting people lined up and things of that nature. But it seems to be going a little bit deeper than that, fellas. I, I mean, I don't know if it's, we're not preparing right or guys really are just that confused about the scheme. Um but I don't know. It's when you see guys just running, you know, straight up the field with no help. Often, <laughs> you know, we know that there's mistakes made, and sometimes you bust the coverage every now and again. And you don't ever want to, but when it's continually that you, you know, you're giving up 300 yards a game or whatever it is in the air, it's it's not it's not good, not good at all. Man, talking with George Teague, the former safety of the, of the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. Great player at Alabama, you know, George. I I, I want to. The, the other thing that I want to build on in that question is, when when you were in the locker room, you understood leadership meant from within. You you and I think you kind of touched on it right there without really touching on it. Hey, there's things coming out of this. There's things coming out of this locker room and from this defense, where guys are saying, you know, anonymous sources or. You know, they're, they're saying, hey, you know what, we're not put in position to make these plays. We haven't been making adjustments. Things haven't been adjusted. And I guess what I want to I ask you from a player's perspective, and, and again, because I respected you so much as a player, when guys aren't making adjustments, George, and when things aren't being done on the field, do you, do you put that as much on the players? Is it on the coaches? And during this COVID time, when guys don't have that chance you know, after the game to express their opinion to these reporters, is it something that you feel like has been squelched through the first six weeks of the season? Okay, so and I'm going to answer both of those. So one I want to say about the players not really knowing what's going on. As a player, what I feel and know is that it is still our responsibility to try to understand 
and put ourselves in position to make plays too, right? So I've had a lot of coaches through college and pros. I played on three different teams, and the schemes are different, different, different terminology. I get it. might not be what we're accustomed to, but I needed to take my book, or now they need to take their iPad or Microsoft Office thing and dive into that and really try to learn what coach is trying to tell you to do. If you've got problems with that, then you need to speak to the coach. Hey, I don't understand this. Can you help me get I'm having a, a mental block here, you know, something. And I've had those. It didn't matter how smart I was. I had to talk to them and Campo with guys about, man, this is really, really confusing, you know. Um, so that leads into the next part of what do guys do when things aren't going well, right? I mentioned already, I played on a lot of teams. We Nothing was ever perfect, but one thing we always did, Stretch, is we kept it with the team. We called a team meeting when things weren't going well, even with the Cowboys. You pulled everyone together, no coaches. You talk about it. What is going on? Is it us? Is it the coaches? Is it you know, what we're doing? Whatever. And then you try to figure out how to handle that with inside the organization, not through the media. Hey, I need you to speak to the coaches about it because this is how we feel. You heard Mike McCarthy and others say, we've got an open-door policy. I do believe that. But I think that if you're not coming together as a team and trying to talk about it together first, they've gone backwards. Now I've heard about the team meeting after the fact. That's where the mistake came. It should have happened before the fact. Then try to talk to the coaches and say, listen, we need some help here. We're, we're really struggling with some stuff. So I think I'm still putting this back on the players a whole lot more than the coaches at this point. Yeah, and, and, and I know you, you're, you're doing that because now you've flipped to the other side of it and you know how hard it is to, to be the guy that's coaching those young men. I guess what I want to say and what I want to ask you too, George, is with, with the challenges of COVID and these players not being able to, to, you know, speak to the media. Is that something that w- when you reflect back on your days of, uh, of starting with the Cowboys, you know, you, you were always able to come out as soon as the game was over, you knew that those guys, those local reporters were going to have their recorders and they were going to be there. H- how do you feel like you navigated that differently than maybe what's coming out of that locker room now? Yeah, that's true. That, that's a, a, a very big difference in COVID. One, first of all, how do you even prepare for, uh, you know, the off season and the games and not being in the classroom the same way that you could have been? So there's a lot of different things that COVID has brought up. And dealing with the media at this point, and probably I have no idea what they're doing in their locker rooms as far as trying to shower and change and who can do what. I'm sure there's some protocols in there. But when it gets to the media part, I still think – that there could be some type of prep or, you know, some conversation with the media personalities within the teams about talking to guys about what's good and what's bad (laughs) and what we need to stay away from, (laughs) Uh, especially the amount of time that it's taken for guys to even get in front of the cameras after games right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. It just seems like it's taking a little bit longer for post-game conferences to, to happen right now. Um, but we just got to be smarter, man. We just got to be smarter. We got to understand everything, social distancing and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that gives them a pass for saying anything that's going to be detrimental to the, to the team. 
Hey, hey George, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about your your high school football team. With, with what's going on with COVID nineteen and this pandemic, how has it affected your your football team, or has it? I mean, in in, in your preparation and, and in game play, and and just how's how's it been different for you this year? Yeah, yeah, it's been drastically different. Uh, I'm actually sitting here looking at the thing now, trying to figure out exactly how we got to go in and out of the locker room, <laughs> you know, um, this evening because um, it brought up a lot of challenges in the off season, as we mentioned about weight room and social distancing and how do you lift and how do you run. So it's been a lot of out-of-the-box thinking to try to prepare our, our guys to play football games. We have been hit uh, with COVID, so we've been down for two weeks as well, not being able to practice. Um, because we did have a, a positive case um, within our program as well. So that makes it hard, too, you know, just not having your guys and just trying to do Zoom meetings and keeping them um, informed and not as in class, per se, other than virtually. Um, so um, i tell you what, bro, it's been trying times for coaches, um <laughs> Right now, in a lot of different ways, just trying to put together a good product on the field. So, you know, as hard as I'm being talking about the Cowboys and trying to say, that, man, they don't look prepared or, or whatever, you know, I have to worry about that too as a head coach over here saying, how do I get these guys really ready to play when you haven't practiced for two weeks? Got three days of practice and we got to go out here and perform in a homecoming game. Uh, <laughs> tonight and so those two games are those going to be games that you can reschedule make up or are those just games that the kids have lost uh because of this uh, pandemic uh well within our district we've um worked out and you know um coach Beck, great brain over there really actually came up with this um spreadsheet i can say like a better words that we're shuffling games around a little bit, kind of like how the colleges are doing it and pros and trying to really find the best times to try to get all of the games in if possible. The hardest part for JP2 is we lost games at the beginning, so there really aren't any openings at the end for us right now. Um, but, you know, in the event that different things happen, maybe those weeks open up and, and, and we get to play them. So, we have not given up on those. We don't know how to strategize to, to make it all work yet. Um, but our plan is to try to um, get those games in if at all possible. George, uh, traditionally private schools in Texas have lacked the talent and they haven't got as much exposure. But that's slowly changed over the past few years when you look at Cedar Hill, Trinity Christian, and Fort Worth, Nolan Catholic, and those guys, what y'all are able to do. Can you talk about the landscape of private school and how that's, how that's evolved over the past few years in Texas? Yes, sir. The football and, and taps in private school has become uh, very, very good. I mean, there's a lot of people who are one that are seeking to, you know, try to do something different academically or find smaller classrooms or whatever it is. But I tell you what, um, just even in our program from four years ago, not having any guys that were Division One players to, you know, 14 that are in the program now, um, it definitely changed the landscape. So when you have, you know, the Nolans and Bishop Lynch's and Dunn mm -hmm. and Cedar Hills, and I mean, there's tons of schools, all saints, all got Liberty, you know, to have guys that are going to uh, power five schools, 
you know, and FCS schools and D2 schools. Um, it definitely has raised the level of play um, at our level to where we can compete with, you know, 3A, 4A, maybe even 5A UIL schools, some people 6A. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's looking good. Um, and Glenn and I talked about that quite a bit before about there's not a whole lot of difference in our programs now other than the number of kids on the roster. You know, the depth isn't the same, but the talent is is definitely just as good. Hey, George, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about uh, your podcast. Yes, sir. So um, I have a podcast called Teague's Take. Um, Now we're going on our 15th episode, so it's fairly new. We started at the end of June, um, and it's something where I can talk similar to what you guys uh, do about football, high school football, pro football, uh, college football. Uh, but sometimes temper it down and just have a little bit of fun. So I get to talk about hot topics and, <laughs> you know, uh, it's hosted by uh, me and my son and IndyCar Tim. Um, we shoot it on Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. It's Tuesday now, uh, going instead of Thursdays. We had to move it because of my JV football games. You can find me, though, on all the social media channels. Please look me up, man. Teague's Take. Catch me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, uh, come on, come on in, come find out what what Coach Teague is doing over here, and join our little our fan base. That'd be great. Thank you, Georgia. Appreciate you, appreciate you jumping on. Appreciate you taking time, and and best of luck to you and your and your JP two team as you uh, as you navigate through the rest of the season. You know I appreciate you jumping on. I love you, brother. Thanks for jumping on here. I appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, George. There goes George Teague.